1: This is Kevin Folger. I want to welcome you back to Labor's and the Harvest Podcast. We're so grateful that you've joined us today. We pick up our conversation uh, where we left off last week. If you were with us last week, you know that we introduced you to a friend of mine by the name of Brother Lou Engel. Brother Engel uh, has been a part of the Cleveland Baptist Church close to 60 years. He and his wife got saved at the Cleveland Baptist Church in 1964 and uh, at the age of 32, And uh, for many, many years, of course, prior to that was a Roman Catholic and uh, kind of grew up in the inner city of Cleveland. God brought him into his life a lovely woman who really helped him tremendously, and together they became part of the Cleveland Baptist Church. She oversaw our nurseries there at the church for over 40-some years, almost 42, and Brother Lou was a Sunday school teacher for uh, almost 30 years. And uh, we're very, very grateful for the influence they've had on their life, because he was my Sunday school teacher in the third grade, and I remember that distinctly. And then, of course, uh, also taught some of my children. So, but part of the podcast today. Thanks for be- joining me.
2: Oh, thank you. It's okay. a privilege of being here again. Well, well we're going to pick my up... my old <laughs> student. <laughs> very old. Getting older by the day. So, we're going to pick up
1: our conversation last week, and we had talked about you just getting started in uh, teaching Sunday school. and. Um, it's kind of a, a, a growing process in your life, and really, in some respects, that's really what Sunday school teaching is. It's it's you know one person learning something and then conveying that truth to another generation. And uh, again, I think they selected you because they knew you had a heart to learn. And uh, I have to tell you, as a young man growing up, you had a great influence and an impact upon my life, and so. Uh, when I uh, grew into a, a point of full-time ministry and I look out there and I see many, many people like yourself and your wife who paid, played such an integral part in my life, it was quite humbling to me to be a pastor to folks like that. Now you have a younger pastor, my son, who you also taught in Sunday school and had an impact on his life. And so that's got to have a, it has to have, bring a sense of uh, joy to you, I would think.
2: Yes, it is. It really is amazing. And You've got quite a son that is a preacher. You better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, there, I don't think we're in competition with each other, but it, no. it was, it's, a, it's a great blessing. But it to is see, wonderful yeah, to see that happen. Yes, yeah, for it sure.
1: Is. So let's talk a little bit about your your Sunday school teaching days. And uh, so you were uh, you started was it third grade is where you started? Yes,
2: I started in the third grade, and as I progressed and learned learned the Bible and things of that nature, then I thought, well, you know what. These kids, you know, they never get to go anywhere, so I decided to take them fishing. And I am a fisherman, I, I just like the sport, uh, it's a lazy sport, you mm. just sit there and wait for the fish to come <laughs> in. <laughs> but uh, I, Lois and I, and my two children, my two girls we had, and my girls were familiar with putting worms on the hooks and stuff, so they were helping me with these little kids and put the, helping with the bait and everything like that. And they just really enjoyed it you know yeah. and so every time i could i i took maybe a couple of boys out maybe to uh, a private lake or something where they could catch no i would knew they would do it and i that was an ongoing thing for me and so i i we both enjoyed it and yeah. it was a wonderful thing to do that and
1: well i have to tell you i uh, i was one of those boys that you took fishing i don't think i'd ever been fishing before <laughs> and i remember going out to finley state park in wellington yes, you took us out there and uh, I remember catching a bluegill for the very first time and I didn't want to touch that fish because <laughs> I'd never seen anything like it it stunk and it was flipping and flopping around and I think you probably had to help me get off the off the hook or one of your girls did that's for sure but uh, yeah, those type of things you know we, we can't minimize because you know it shows you know and of course today we're living in a different time but to show uh, besides just teaching, to invest in people's lives to to show them that you care is so vitally important. Would you agree with that?
2: Yes, I do. Yeah. And since I went through something similar to them, I had more compassion. Right. On those and not to be a bouncer, but to be a teacher.
1: Right, exactly. Exactly. Well, you, again, you know, I don't I don't know can can't remember any particular Sunday school lesson, but I think it was just the, the overall as I think about it now, I think it was just the overall consistency I saw in your life through the years of just being a faithful man to, to come to church. And that doesn't mean you didn't have your, some some issues that you had to deal with in your own life, but you know, just faithful to serve the Lord. And that made a tremendous impact on a, on a little boy growing up at the Cleveland Baptist Church, in my life, I'm sure, as well as others.
2: I know even to this day, uh, I just celebrated my 90th birthday, and one of my students came up to me and says, Lou, do you remember the building that we were putting in in our class I says yes I says what was the subject he says because the last block that was going to be put into that building was the last person on this earth that was going to be saved Mm -hmm. and the Lord was going to return and he still remembered it Uh, how about that (laughs) isn't that something object lessons yeah
1: Mm Hmm. right well, again, you and your wife, you raised a couple of daughters, and um, you had some health issues uh, in your life that caused uh, like an early medical retirement, is that correct? Yes. Okay. You went through some fairly major heart surgeries, as I recall.
2: Yeah, I had, right in a row, and in, in a period of time, I had three heart attacks, then I had two open heart surgeries, then I had a stent put in and now I am currently on my second pacemaker. Mm. So the Lord's not done with me yet. I guess I not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, w- I, I know that we're, we're not doing a video of this, but I wish our folks could see you because you uh, certainly don't look like you're 90, <laughs> nor does your wife look her age as well. You both have just, uh, God has blessed you with uh, some good health and, and, I mean, beyond, obviously, the heart issue. Right. But you've, uh, you know, most people, you'd think if they had a bad heart, they wouldn't be 90 years old and still able to get to church and you know have have a quality of life but you do
2: it's an amazing thing once you get saved and you you enjoy God so much that you can't wait to get back to church mm-hmm. the fellowship is there the preaching is there mm-hmm. uh, if you need anything done they're willing to help you and stuff I never had that in the catholic church mm-hmm Nothing like that. Right. No, nothing like the fellowship. And I, I often think about, if, if this is what it's going to be on, if, if this is what it's like on this earth, just think what it's going to be like in heaven.
1: Well, heaven's going to be
2: something, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I made up a poem. Can mm. I tell sure. you? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, when we were in, in the class, I says, I, uh, Brother Weeks was in charge of us, and he wanted everybody to write something about themselves. And this is what I wrote about me. And it goes like this, Since I've been born, many years have passed. Frustration, anger, how long will they last? The more I live in this world, the more I see. This wicked world take hold of me. The answer to the above is not in fame, but Jesus Christ is his name. Now bound for heaven to live thousands of years with no more pain, And no more tears.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I want our our listeners to know that you didn't have a paper in front of you. You had had that in your mind and in your heart. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So you have a gift. Um, You have a little bit of artistic ability. Is that correct?
2: Yes, I have done paintings, and I uh, often do woodworking. Mm Mm-hmm. Like my Lord. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if
1: our, if our listeners could see your yard, they'd see all these beautiful flowers. So you you have quite the, yeah, the knack for uh, gardening and things like that.
2: Yeah, that's what I could do now. Uh, since I've lost most of my sight, I cannot do a lot of things myself. My wife is my right-hand man, so <laughs> to speak, and she's, she does my medications. She does... A whole lot of stuff that I cannot do. Right. She's such a dedicated woman all these years, and never complains.
1: Now never. You, you, Not
2: like me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we men are kind of like that, you know. We we kind of like to feel sorry for ourselves, and our wives are the ones that can kind of help us along in life for sure. So, you have lost quite a bit of your vision. Are you legally blind?
2: They say I'm low, what they call low vision, because I can't see okay. some.
1: All right. So how do you read your Bible?
2: The VA, I served in, in the Army and since 1953 to 1955. And when I came out, uh, I found out through Bob Folger, your father, he says, Lou, why are you paying for all that stuff? You're a veteran, why don't you just go to the VA? And I said, well, I never thought about it. And your father wound up saving me a lot of money because all those uh, things that are available to veterans is free, mm-hmm. depending on your situation. Right. Sure. Anyway, so uh, I have I was going quite often with for my eye checkup and everything, and I finally got to this one doctor who really took me under her wings, and uh, her last name is Goldberg. And I invited her to church. I gave her a track. <laughs> and she says, "Well." I'm a Jew, but I, but I I don't practice it. And I invited her to church. Well, come on over to our church, you know. And anyway, she saw my need to go to the blind center mm-hmm. because of my vision, because I could hardly read the chart anymore. And when I went there, they set me up with a machine that's, uh, that is very uh, magnifying. It's like a big... Uh, computer screen in front of you, and it has different dials that you can dial the the enlargement of of the uh, object, you stick the object underneath and the table moves back and Uh forth. So I take my Bible, I can read it every day now.
1: That's wonderful.
2: I can put it in there and you can just move the table Mm -hmm. like you were moving your eyes and it comes up on the screen and I can read it. It's Uh such a blessing.
1: Well, that I'm so thrilled that you get to do that, and that they've made that provision for you, that you have that that opportunity. Yes. So, yeah. So, uh, when you come to church now, what what I mean, do you feel like you have a ministry still?
2: Well, the only ministry well, I used to uh, put Bibles together mm-hmm. when I could see Lois right. and I would mm-hmm. go every day when the people were going on the visitation and yeah. stuff, and we couldn't do that anymore. Right. So we start doing that. We start putting Bibles together, when, and we enjoyed it. But I got to the point where I can't do that right. anymore. So yeah. the last, the only thing I could do now is be a witness with a track. Mm-hmm. And every time I get an opportunity, I was in all these uh, store coming out one day, and and I says, "Hey, I'd like to invite you to come to our church." And I hand her a tray, <laughs> and she says, "This is my third one today." <laughs> <laughs> good. I that's said, "Praise the Lord!" I said, "The Lord wants you to really yeah. read that thing." For sure, for sure. <laughs> but that—that's that, a... what I have yeah. left. And prior to that, I used to speak at nursing homes.
1: And you went to the city missions, I recall. I worked
2: at the city missions, and at one time, at one time, I had. Two nursing homes, a city mission, teaching Sunday school, and my friend Brother Plum and I went on a visitation. Not one week, not one day, not two days, but three times a wow, three days in a week. Wow, because we like soul winning, we love to get out there and do it. And and praise the Lord, He's up there right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So one of the things I think, and I don't know that you even think about it as being a ministry, but when you come to church, I know for me, it's always encouraging to see you and your wife walk in the door. And I, of course, uh, you know, COVID was a problem for many, many folks and kept folks out of church, but see you folks back. But I do think, and whether you realize it or not, I think just the fact that you're there and then just your spirit is an encouragement to folks. And uh, I, want, I want you to know that, that I, I really do believe that, you know, just the presence of you and your wife and then when folks come around you, you know, you have a positive attitude and spirit. That's an encouragement, specifically to younger Christians who get to meet you and uh, realize the, the life that you've lived.
2: So, Well, it's a good thing in our church because a lot of us are on our way up. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's right. uh, and the church is continuing to grow, and that's yeah. a beautiful thing to see the young yeah. people and taken over our areas that we did sure. at one time. That's a beautiful thing.
1: Well, we need to speak to that, you know, because there are there is always a need, and I, and I think folks need to understand that. Sometimes they walk into a larger church like Cleveland Baptist, and they think, well, you know, there's nothing for me to do because it's a large church. But the truth of the matter is, the larger the church, the more there is to do, and the more jobs and ministries that need to be filled, right? Yes. Yeah.
2: And also I learned on tithing. I, yeah. I, I learned on tithing and the offerings, and, yeah. and that's an amazing thing. I know some people don't like to reach very deep, but I've learned over the years, whatever you give to the Lord always comes back. He oh, yeah. always blesses.
1: And and then some. <laughs> and then some. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and
2: yeah, yeah. I've been blessed with a very good wife, a very good home, two wonderful children. Uh, he's brought me through many trials and tribulations yeah. in my life, but I'm still here, and I don't know how long, but... When he does, I'll see you later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're, we're ready to go, aren't we? We're ready. We're, our bags are packed, as the saying goes, and we're ready to go. That's the, Lord correct. Should, yeah. the Lord should come, I was or because so
2: that him. I was taken out of Catholicism, mm-hmm. the, the image of a false religion that's that the, it's so gripping on people because of all the traditions and statues, and I could say, can I say something? Sure. I remember. Uh, I, I was trying to think in my mind, what happened, what, what things are different in, in a Catholic church? Well, they got holy water. Mm-hmm. They invented the sign of the cross. They invented the confessional booth. They invented purgatory. They invented candles. They still have, they still sacrifice Christ on the cross. He, he only died once, but they still cro- uh, sacrificed Christ on the cross through their Mass. And I was reading in the scripture one day how God condemned all the stuff that they wear mm-hmm. he <laughs> he was talking about the Pharisees and mm-hmm. and he says, "They come out with all their clothing on and look at me, and they broaden this and they broaden mm-hmm. that and Jesus says, they have their reward here, but then not in heaven mm-hmm. isn't that yeah. amazing yeah, now? yeah. our yeah. our you don't wear special clothes (laughs) peter didn't wear any special clothes all the apostles didn't wear special clothes so that's one thing i i look at i says boy praise the lord we're doing what the lord says in our church
1: i do think that when you come out of a a religion like catholicism and you find the truth there's there's just probably a greater desire to reach others that are immersed in it would you say that's true i would say that yes So I go back through the years and I think about Cleveland Baptist Church and I think about all the people, and of course many of them were saved there at the church, but we, I don't know if it would be true now, but I would say at one point, maybe 50% of the church would have been at one point Roman Catholic, and uh, so, because Cleveland is a was a pretty Roman Catholic town, <laughs> predominantly Roman Catholic, specifically among the Caucasian yes. um, um, uh, group of, of in, in Cleveland, Ohio, so... And so, of course, uh, through the years, uh, as one Catholic would get saved, they many times would have a sphere of influence and reach others and you know other family members and and I know that you tried to reach some of your family before was I two... led
2: my brother, my oldest brother to the Lord. yeah I led uh, Mr. Bill Hurst. Mm-hmm. I got my other brother to come and he led him to the uh-huh. my other brother to the lord my I had two sisters. one was i I don't know what happened if she. God Except saved her in I, I don't know what the yeah. end results is, but I led my mom to the ward Oh, wonderful! A priest was standing over her on her deathbed, and mm. I chased him out of there.
1: <laughs> Good for you. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I did. I said, yeah. he can't do a thing for you, but Jesus can, Mom. Yeah. and She says, oh, Lord Jesus, please save me. Come into my heart. And, yeah, wonderful. and I was so glad for that. Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> well, we're going to wrap up our conversation. I want to thank you for being my guest for the last two weeks here on this podcast, Brother Engel. And Miss Engel, thank you so much for being a part of this as well, listening to us as we've uh, kind of re- relived some things. I want to thank our listeners for joining us today. We hope that you would come back next week when we have begin a new conversation with another friend. We talk about being laborers for the Lord in His harvest. If we can be of help to you, please don't hesitate to reach out to us through our website at at kevinfolger.com or uh, leave leave us a a comment or rating on the the, uh, website here and we sure will uh, appreciate that. Thanks so much for listening and may the Lord bless you today.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest.